Hey guys, so it's Alana, aka Honey Boo Boo, and I'm here. Oh hey, it's Dave. I'm out riding my bike by the train tracks again. A lot of people are like, "What are you crazy? You could be mistaken for a speeding locomotive." When people, you are about to do some crazy things. I've known Instagram to be a lot of things. Meme, littered, time waster, shameless self-promotion machine, a source of jealousy from seeing beautiful people doing beautiful things in beautiful places with names that I can't pronounce. One thing it's never been is educational, at least for me. In this episode, we're gonna meet two people who make this garbage fire that lights our way to the end of the world more intelligent when it comes to beer, anyway. We'll meet cartoonist M. Souter and tasting educator Proper Josh and get a perspective that goes beyond your social media feed. I'm your host, Will Sis, and this is It Starts With Beer. One, two, three, four. This episode is brought to you by Back East Brewing in Bloomfield, Connecticut. Their tap room expansion with indoor and outdoor seating makes Back East the perfect place to enjoy excellent beers like Ice Cream Man IPA, Recoutra IPA, their award-winning porter, or any of their delicious beers in their ever-changing lineup. Go to backeastbrewing.com for more information. M. Souter is a Connecticut-based cartoonist who offers education through her website, pintsandpanels.com. She has a presence on Instagram, too, at pintsandpanels. There's something so satisfying about her deceptively simple drawings. They might be an explanation of what makes an American porter an American porter, or the best foods to pair with a Belgian triple. I asked her about her beginnings with cartooning. Well, I mean, it goes all the way back to 1987. <laughs> yeah, I was four and I was at nursery school and I think it was my first day. I mean, I was four, so like, who knows? I drew my first person. Like, it was just like a circle and a square and some like, it was like a, essentially a stick person. It was based off my imaginary friend, Peter, because my imaginary friend was named Peter after Peter Bankman from the Ghostbusters. And so it was titled, Peter Waits for the Bus. You know, it's a still life. By 2010, M had decided to pursue her MFA in art when she learned about an amazing place. I went to the Center for Cartoon Studies, which is a place in White River Junction, Vermont. Uh, people always call it like clown school. Like it's like no one thinks it's real. They were very supportive of the thing you wanted to do. And so I started Pints and Panels between my first and second year because you live in Vermont. I, we would make the drive to Hill Farmstead when he just, you know, when Sean just opened. I remember going when like he's brewing his garage. Von Trapp when they were brewing in their deli that they converted. Go there or like Alchemist when they had the real restaurant. Pints and Panels started out as an outlet for reviewing beer. I used to review beer poorly, and then I stopped doing that because, like, 
a lot of beer is subjective, you know, and like, I remember reviewing a beer where I obviously didn't know the beer was old because I was, you know, still learning about beer and I kind of trashed it and I was like, that's not right. So I went towards a celebration of beer and that's, I try to keep an upbeat attitude when it comes to beer. When I, I get agitated when people are like, you know, make beer clear again. I'm like, no, <laughs> and drink clear beer. Like that makes me very like, there's so much for everybody you know, and there's always so much innovation and evolution in beer. Like, why would you be crabby about things that people like? That always seems misguided, in my opinion. M draws her creations on paper with a pencil and scans it into a computer to touch up the coloring with Photoshop. The simplicity tied in with the information that's not too chatty because it's got diagrams and labels makes it intriguing reading on Instagram. And it really pops compared to the more Baroque imagery that decorates my feed. She's not just a beer fan. M is an advanced Cicerone and has plenty of knowledge and information at her fingertips. Her drawings are like quick shots to the brain, nuggets of information that feed you and then drift off into the ether. So I have an advanced Cicerone. I've taken and failed the master twice. I'm very open about the fact that I'm not I'm not there yet. Maybe one day. The test is really hard. 19 people took it in 2019 and one person passed it. So it's not like, you know, they just like give that out. So being an advanced Cicerone is something that I'm very, very proud of. And they do a really good job of, of educating as well. So I kind of use them as a springboard to teach about beer. Their syllabus are, or syllabi, I guess, are really, really good teaching tools. They make their own stuff as well. Their books are really good. I and mean, then they've been very supportive of, you know, when I was like, can I draw the certified beer server syllabus? And they were like, yeah, go for it. Like, no problem. Like, they were very chill with their with their stuff and very supportive as well. Um, and I like what they do. And is also the author of a cartoon book on beer called Beer is for Everyone of Drinking Age and has another book in the works for 2022 called Hooray for Beer to be published by Brewers Publications. While a book takes years to put together, Instagram allows M to communicate with folks every day. Yeah, I think it, it Instagram's been it's about to surpass Twitter as my most popular like following. And it's it's always really exciting to see where people are coming from as well. It's I have a worldwide audience because beer is universal. It's it's weird to think that the most populous city like when I look at when your insights on on Instagram the place that has the most followers for me is Santiago, Chile. And I always think that's like incredibly fascinating because one, that's not an English speaking country, <laughs> but two, that means that my comics are doing a good job of transcending language because art can do that. And two, it's incredibly, it's becoming accessible to people all over the world. It's really fascinating the amount of information um in beer and so i'm i'm in pines and panels purpose it's let's take that information distill it into an easy to form like visual thing that people can use and learn from um that's 
very approachable, accessible, and free. And that's what's very important to me. Um, it also helps me learn about beer, um, which I which I always I always learn something new pretty much every day, which I love. So I worked incredibly hard on pints and panels, and it's nice to like not like not to like to my own horn or like get recognition or whatever. That's not why I do it. But it's nice to see people taking beer education um, seriously and wanting to learn. And I'm glad that I can help in some way. Beer is a very, very big part of my life. Sometimes I've been trying, I will talk about it a little too much. <laughs> Proper Josh is the only name I'll get out of the skater-looking professor in San Diego who beams out videos as at proper underscore Josh. He's very comfortable in front of the camera, and his tastings are clear and educational. What's up, beer friends? Hope you're all having a beautiful day. What's up, beer friends? Hope you're all having a beautiful evening. What's up, beer friends? Welcome to the Beer Quickie. What's up, beer friends? Welcome to the round of Mystery Beer. He also delves into beers that fall into a specific beer judge certification program category and educates us about a style. He also does some great blind tasting videos where he uses just taste and smell to decide on the style. I talked to Josh about how he started out. I actually had a pretty negative experience with beer most of my childhood. And then I, I just thought beer was, you know, metallic urine that you, uh, my dad drank while fishing or mowing the lawn or something. And so I kind of had an aversion to it. I, I never had any interest in it at all. And then when I started drinking alcohol, I, I was never a drinker as a kid. Like I wasn't one of those kids. I, I didn't have a, a drink of alcohol until I was 22, actually. When I started drinking alcohol, I had no interest in beer just because I didn't understand really what it was and craft beer really wasn't popular at the time. And so I went straight to wine because I've always been like more, I don't know, for lack of a better word, pretentious. Like I enjoy things that, that have like an entry point where you have to kind of earn it a little bit. Like I kind of like the idea of educating yourself and earning a spot at the table kind of thing. But Beard did get its hooks into Josh and the world is a better place for it. At the time I started subtly getting into beer, uh, craft beer was on the rise. Stone uh, was, was a few years old at that point, and I lived right by Stone Brewing, the original location. And I went down there, and I, I had my first IPA, and I spit it out. I thought it would taste like chemicals, like it burned my mouth. I, had no, I was like, what is this? So bitter, so intense. And then now, ironically, it's my absolute favorite style, and I crave that intense palate-shredding bitterness. So I slowly started getting into beer, applying all my wine knowledge, all my wine principles, all my wine practice to beer. And I didn't know you could do that. And, and since craft beer was growing, I found a little niche in that community where I was appreciating it and understanding it and applying, again, all that wine stuff to beer. And I think it's totally applicable. The principles are the same. You know, I, going through a tasting is the same. And bonus prize, the whole reason I can brew at home. And so I could, I could run the full gamut of beer where I could not run the full gamut of wine. I asked him what kind of preparation he would put into the videos that he would put up on Instagram. Not a whole lot because I've kind of already done the legwork, you know. I wouldn't want to put myself out there and try to speak 
as if I know something if I didn't. So I've, I've spent years studying beer, studying style, studying procedure. And so when I go to make a video, I literally turn the can, I open the can. I don't know if you've ever noticed, my can's always open because I do everything standing up most of the time. And so I, I um, open the can, click, and then I go. If there's a style I haven't had in a really long time, or a style I'm not familiar with because I just don't enjoy it, so therefore I don't drink it very often, I might revisit the BJC manual real quick just to brush up. I never ever want to disseminate bad information. And I think there's a, unfortunately a lot of people out there that just drink the beer and say it's yummy, or they go, oh, it tastes like berries when it's a, you know, a berry sour or some kind. I don't want to be like that. That's totally fine for them. And, and people love their videos and love their pictures and all these kinds of things. But for me, for my own integrity, I don't ever want to give bad information. And if I do give incorrect information, I'm the first to correct it. And I want people to tell me too. Like if I say something incorrectly, I hope there's somebody out there that's going to call me on it and correct me in the comments or a DM or something because I want to grow and learn too. It's the whole reason for all of this. Like I get great joy out of learning and understanding things. And I want to share that with other people. I was interested in his take on why Instagram of all places would be a good vessel for him. Totally honest. I had no goal or objective in starting that Instagram. Um, I found that I was drinking beers too quickly. Like in my own life, I was just I had done all this research, I had done all this study, I had learned to brew, I've done all these things. And I found that I got to the point that I was just drinking beer and, and distilling it down to I like it or I don't, to go on on tap, to give it a score, call it a day. Not really taking the time to appreciate the nuance and the craftsmanship. And so I thought, okay, I'm gonna keep myself accountable to get back to my roots per se, and fully appreciate and understand each beer and not just drink them and kind of, in a way, disrespect the craft and the artistry that went into it. Because if I just drink it quickly and ignore all the brewer's intention and all the beauty and artistry that went into creating that, it's kind of disrespectful in a way. And so I thought I can do, I, I'll start recording myself doing this and that will keep me accountable for slowing down and applying the knowledge that I've, I've acquired. And so that's why I started doing it. And then people started liking it and people started asking me questions and people started commenting thing, like, what can I do with this? Or how do you get that? Or how do I learn to develop my palate? Or how can I increase my ability at smelling? Or what do you think of this beer and blah, blah, blah. And it, it kind of just grew organically from my own desire to keep myself accountable. So I don't, I, I didn't pick Instagram for any particular reason. I don't have any goal or objective with my Instagram. I don't obsess over how many followers I have or how many comments a post gets, or I just kind of try to contribute to the growth of the community and the growth of understanding of this, what I think is a beautiful culture or can be a beautiful culture. It's going in a direction I don't particularly appreciate or like right now, but I think it can be and maintains and will return to its historical precedent eventually. I want to give you a sense of the kind of detail that Josh goes into when he more or less casually 
talks about a beer. Here's a clip of him smelling a smoothie-style beer. <laughs> and beer is in quotes. On the nose. Whole lot of strawberry. Um, not necessarily like fresh strawberry, but strawberry like those candies where they're they're wrapped in red foil with little then it kind of looks like a strawberry so it has like that artificial strawberry aroma then we have like grape jelly and like orange or tangerine maybe some guava as well i don't think there was guava in here as one of those many fruits that were listed i asked josh for some tips on how to improve my tasting game I'll first of all, slow down. Second of all, pour it into a proper glass. Like they're proper glassware for a reason and, I, and they're not light bulbs and they're not juice box shaped glassware. Like the, all this ridiculousness that's happening. Get a nice tulip glass, a glass that is designed where the bottom is larger than the top. And this is a principle of wine too. It's why a wine glass is shaped that way. Aside from being elegant and beautiful, it allows the aromas to gather in the bowl and then they're forced out um, the narrow opening at the top and they become more concentrated. I think it's excellent to constantly smell everything you get your hands on. I cannot tell you how many times in my life people will say, did you just smell that? Because I am constantly smelling everything. And when I say I get passion fruit over mango, I'm, I'm being serious. I'm not just pulling random tropical fruits out of my butt and saying them and thinking nobody will call me on it. There is a difference. It's not just, sometimes I say generally tropical because I can't put my finger on a specific fruit, but I will absolutely go to the grocery store, go to farmer's markets, um, and I will sniff everything that I see. And I will try to tie it to a memory because most of our sense of smell is tied to memory. And if you can understand where you smelled something, you'll be more likely to recall that smell. I always use the example of people will say, I'll say, what does that smell like? And they'll say, well, I, I don't want to, I'll sound stupid. I say, no, really, what does it smell like? And they'll say, my grandma's backyard. And I'll go, well, picture your grandma's backyard. What was back there? Were there orange blossom trees? Were there roses? Was there sage in a garden? Was there, like, what was back there? What are you actually smelling that makes you remember grandma's backyard? And when you can tie all these aromas to memories, they will come to you very quickly. Now, just because he has an online presence doesn't mean Josh lives online. And unlike M's open-mindedness about the anything-goes nature of today's beer scene, Josh seems to be a bit quicker to defend the classics. Um, I hate so much when people are playing on their phones the entire time they're out with people. I think people and relationships are so important, especially in these times. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but I, I rarely, if ever, I don't think I have ever posted something like in the world per se i go to breweries all the time like basically every weekend you can find me at one to five different breweries because they're literally like starbucks out here and but i never post because i'm there i'm i'm in the moment i'm talking to my friends if they're there i'm talking to the beer tender i'm talking to the brewers i'm trying to appreciate 
the experience and the people and the culture of beer. I make my videos when I'm home and I'm alone or, or my fiance is watching her trash TV, you know, <laughs> I thought it's it. So you, I think it's accessible. I just don't know if people have the drive to dive in. I think, I mean, especially today's technology, we have the world's knowledge at our fingertips 24 seven. We instead we pull out our phone and we scroll through Instagram or, or look at just Twitter, just garbage. We choose garbage willfully. And so just same thing with the beer. We have the world's information, the knowledge, the history, the culture right in our pocket. We have the beer Bible in our pocket for free. But most of us, not me, but most of us are going to go right to the board and find the most ridiculous bastardization of a beer that's basically a daiquiri with Captain Crunch in it. And because it's going to get the most likes on Instagram, they're going to take a picture of that. I don't want to be one of these people that's like a grouchy old man, you know, screaming, get off my lawn. But and I think I always say if there's a quote I say all the time because I get into these conversations so often and people get, you know, this these current generations are so easily offended. Um, they will get mad if I say something that is not just completely supportive of whatever they're doing. And I go, you know, drink what makes you smile. That's my thing. If it makes you happy, if you are enjoying that smoothie, drink it, smile, be happy. Life is short. Carpe diem. Um, but don't call it beer. Beer is a very specific, historic, cultured, beverage to be respected and enjoyed for what it is. It is not a smoothie. My thanks to M. Souter and Proper Josh. You can find them on Instagram, naturally, at Pints and Panels and Proper underscore Josh, respectively. Welcome to the after party. Pull up a neon purple beanbag chair and relax. I'm enjoying a mango habanero version of Brassworks Brewing's fouled up IPA. Brassworks is out of Waterbury, Connecticut. It's all this, you know, intense mango on the nose, and you kind of get this idea as, oh, it's going to be a you know, kind of a chill uh, a New England IPA, but wow, it is not messing around. This is intense. It burns on the first sip, I'm not going to lie. It burns, but it lessens, you know, the more you get used to it. I had it with Mexican food last night, and it was awesome. It was a big hit at a brew fest I did back in the before times, and it was one of those beers where everybody had had so many different beers and they're like, let's kick it up. And this one certainly does kick it up. You get used to it, pleasant kick for sure. So I had a really nice time putting this episode together. It was, the nice time was certainly was the interviewing. I always enjoy interviewing. But I really enjoyed speaking to M, who I'd met before 
when she spoke at a conference about women and beer years ago. I followed her work. I don't think that I've really had a conversation with her in between that time, so this was a great excuse. And just like a lot of my interviews, this had a lot on the cutting room floor. We just gabbed and talked. She's a great, great conversationalist. And proper Josh, or Josh, is absolutely a delight. He was another one that was, you know, more straightforward. We certainly got down to business. It wasn't uh, chatty time with him as much. But what a wonderful guy. I was a little intimidated because he knows so much about beer and he's so laid back and cool. I am not cool. I've never been accused of that. So I didn't even try to fake it. I was just my regular uptight self and he balanced it out in our conversation and all was well. It Starts With Beer is part of the Hopped Up Network. You can listen to other podcasts about beer, including Building Breweries, Drink In, Geek Out, and the Beer Man podcast at hoppedupnetwork.com. It Starts With Beer is narrated and produced by me, Will Sis. You can listen to previous podcasts at beersnobrights.com slash podcast and wherever you listen to them. You can join the It Starts With Beer Facebook page or follow me on Instagram or Twitter. I'm at Beer Snob Writes. Please leave a high star review and tell someone that might enjoy this podcast about it. And maybe they'll listen to it and they'll like it. The theme music is performed by me and drummer George Mastrianis. And background music is courtesy of Pixabay. Until next time, sip well. You sit there crying, crying in your beer. Say you got trouble, my friend. Listen here, don't tell me your trouble. I got enough of my own. Be thankful you're living. Drink up and go home.